So we, uh, we are doing freedom, happiness, and wisdom. So we are understanding and doing the practice based on Yoga Sutra with support of the Gita, one of the beautiful texts, and also other texts to support and understand deeply what exactly is this Yoga Sutra. So in the very first session, always remember there is a natural state that is a meditative state. So where no thought, no idea, no likes and dislikes is there, the mind is living constantly in a natural state, 24 by 7. But then comes, I'm not living in a natural state, so what causes, so we understood the psychology of desires. And then in the third session, we understood, I think we understood, uh, uh, if I remember, you are a listener, good listener, you are a speaker, so you start applying these sutras in your day-to-day -day life by speaking, by expressing in different situations. So when there is no speaker and listener, then you absorb into a meditative state. And the fourth one that we understood that during the day, you know, like uh, when the mind falls into subconscious habitual routine, we recall these principles to live our life. So in the last... Uh, uh, two sutras, we understood what exactly is the sutra and uh, we covered the first part of the sutra. So the first part of the sutra the, that makes us clear that the popular notion of yoga is doing physical exercises, breathing and etc. But Vyasa, the commentator, says that yoga is the highest state of mindfulness. <clears throat> it is the highest state. What is the highest state? It is the natural state. So that I have covered in the first uh, talk in the practice. So now we also understood that this meditation or we live in five subjective states of the mind. But before that, you know, meditation is basically a movement. So meditation is basically a movement. So what is that movement? So first movement that Mind is filled with mud of impurities, so we have to rise above from reaction, wandering, hatred, dualities, etc., etc. So second is, the I must fix the goal, where I'm moving. I must have a departure point and I must have an arrival point. For that, we understand there are five subjective states of the mind. The mind is becoming crazy and the lazy and unnecessary. It moves into the likes and dislikes. And it has been happening for years and years and years, days after days. We are living into those likes and dislikes. Even with a person whom we love, uh, we create those likes and dislikes. So there must be a departure point, an arrival point in meditation. So do we understand the departure point? Departure point is all likes and dislikes, reactions, dualities, conflicts. That consists of the first three states of the mind. Huh? So... The meaning of the first sutra, uh, if you see that, now the seeker is ready to enter into the highest state of mindfulness, but mindfulness takes place in, where it takes place? It takes place in the mind. It is a state. So, but the mind lives in five subjective states. So the next question comes, 
What are those five subjective states where the mind lives? And which state leads me to meditation? Which state leads me to non-meditative state? So it means, you know, as a teacher, I'm not responsible. You are responsible for changing your mind. Not at all. I'm not at all. Even if you fight with me, I have no problem. Or you appreciate me, no problem. So now question comes. What are those five subjective states? The first subjective state is known as in Sanskrit, it is known as chipta. There, there will be a great understanding uh, in today's uh, uh, practice in a talk. So the chipta means distracted mind, absent-minded, craziness, claiming likes and dislikes as true. So what I'm going to say now. Many people start meditation aims at stopping the mind forever. You know, they want to stop the mind. They want a total emptiness. My mind should be empty completely. Empty mind is inert. It's a material. <clears throat> you see the wrong understanding, misunderstanding? So every subjective state is good and every subjective state is bad. That understanding we should have in our life. Now take an example of a wandering mind. When it is good, pay attention. When it is good, you sit in your driver's seat of a car. You have the key or a push button. You see, the mind First jumped on an idea that I should drive a car. Then you sit on the driver's seat. Then you push the button, keyless start. Then you hold the steering. You see that the mind is jumping from one thing to the other. Then you put your hand on the, put your foot on the paddle. You reverse the car and you start moving. You see it's a dynamic movement. The mind is constantly wandering. But it is wandering under your conscious control. So, it is a good state of the mind. I have to use this. I'm speaking from one word to the second word to the sentence. From, <coughs> from, you know, I'm expanding the topic. The mind is wandering. Jumping from one topic to the other. But when it is under my conscious control, it is a good state of the mind. I have to use this. How can I make the mind totally empty? But if the mind is moving in an unorganized way, then it causes the chipta, the wandering state of the mind is very bad in that state. It does not pay attention and it causes a lot of challenges in our life. Second state of the mind is known as murha. So, murha. Murha literally means forgetfulness, laziness, habitual. Uh, murha also means foolish, infatuated, unwise, lacking good judgment, or lack of a common sense. A mad, you know, the word mad is insane. When the mind is fully working on them, and a foolish knows, still makes a wrong judgment. He knows this is not good. Uh, to get angry because I want to get the things done from you is not good. And still I make a wrong judgment. Do you see that? We do it in different situations in our relationship with the strangers and a lot of other activities. So that is known as the second subjective state of the mind. A foolish talk, a lot of nonsense. A mad is angry and a wicked. That is the difference between the two. Now see the beauty of this uh, second state of the mind. It is the second state of the mind that helps us to get a sound sleep, steadiness of the body. You see that? So there is a finer line between 
when this subjective state of the mind is good and that subjective state of the mind is bad. The third is known as obsessed. I normally say the first is crazy, second is lazy, third is obsessed. Where is that obsession? So my mind uh, starts moving in alternating thoughts, good, bad, high, low, pain, pleasure. Uh, you had a pain last year and you retrieve that information and you start thinking it is not required. It is not required, but still you think of it. So that causes lot of pain. Now see another part of this obsession. So when I have a, say for example, passion for meditation, it is a good state. It is, even though that passion is an obsession for meditation, but I'm doing it consciously. Now you see that you have a passion of the sex, drugs, food, people, past. So it comes from the same state of the mind. So that is bad. So if I have a craziness and obsession for any object outside, that is the third state of the mind. So we have to, first three states of the mind have positive aspect, have negative aspects. So if the mind moves into those negative aspects, just see that. Do you experience I have been living in pain and pleasure, likes and dislikes and boredom and swing, mind swings from here and there? It is because of these three states of the mind. I have to get rid of it. The problem is we have been living in these states and we find that the other is responsible for it. That is the greatest problem in our life. Now coming to the fourth uh, state of the mind. The fourth state of the mind is known as one-pointedness, literally translated. But if we understand little deeply, the word ekagra means holding on to one pure thought to seek and search the truth of real self. One-pointedness means here in yoga that the mind is holding on, say for example, for peace and happiness, love and wisdom. My mind is constantly holding on to peace and happiness. What it means? You are appearing for a job interview. Mind is holding on the peace and happiness. See that? Huh? You are talking to someone. Mind is holding on the peace and happiness. You are eating something. Mind is holding on to the peace and happiness. But in meditation, the mind is holding on to the thought of a real self, that real self is of the nature of permanent peace, happiness, love and wisdom. Can you imagine that the mind is holding on to the thought of the real self, which is of the nature of peace and happiness, love and wisdom, 24 by 7. What is going to happen? Think of it. What will happen in your day-to-day -day life? But what happens if you are not a seeker, the first three states is working behind you, behind the mind. Even if you are holding on the thought of a real self. So that is why we need an understanding, a clarity and a regular practice. Now comes the fifth subjective state of the mind. Fifth subjective state of the mind is known as Niruddha. Niruddha means seized, dissolved vanished, filled with nothingness. So that subjective state shines with the true nature. You see, in the very first sutra, the very first sutra means compressed formula, and we are expanding. So after expansion, we realize that this great master Patanjali in the very first sutra lays the entire foundation of yoga. He summarized what exactly is meditation. Now, I believe you all are seekers, so we can give another expression. It means mindfulness is minimizing the first three subjective states and maximizing the stay of the last two subjective states. 
is what takes us to our meditation. Now, I was just explaining to the Stephen and David and Jerry, I am driving a car. The power of that car is a brake, paddle and and brake, paddle and steering. If these three things are not in the car, I cannot have a conscious control over the car. Understood? So two things are there. I My mind should be capable. It should have some powers. When the mind is wandering, I should take my mind back in meditation. Do you see that? Huh? So if I don't, if I, my mind is not capable, if the mind is not possessing those powers, then we do not succeed in meditation. Or even if we say we succeed in meditation, you do meditation, you are absorbed into the meditative state for an hour, you return from it and the mind takes over the same old habitual thoughts. You know, my mind, I don't realize that the mind has a break. I should give a break to the mind. Hold on, you're not going there. Say, for example, you have your, your, you have a certain thought of uh, uh, anguishness or reaction against a person, even in the family or outside. Now the mind is going there. It gets obsessed. It is constantly thinking about it. The mind must have a power to stop this. If you don't have that cap capacity in the mind, the mind should be capable of this. And telling the mind consciously why you are thinking all those crazy stuff. If I don't have that power in the mind, we do not succeed in the in any meditation. Now see these crazy thoughts. The mind moves daily in these crazy stuff, thousands of times every day. Do you realize that? You know, you, the mind goes and it, it, it daydreams, you know, that guy, that guy, and you have an anxiety and every, I must be able to stop this nonsense. My mind must be capable. That is why we are studying these five states of the mind. It is not for academic talk. Do you see that? Thousands of times mind goes. Uh, like Sam was saying, you know, I get, you know, younger people goes for an interview and that anxiety. Why, why should I have anxiety fear? Why? I know what I'm capable of. So mind is holding on to the piece and then it appears on in the interview. The white is holding on. That ability should be there in the mind. This is what the Master Patanjali is saying in the first sutra. Are you getting it? I should be able to give a break. The, that break is in my conscious control. So how do I know it? The mind lives in the first three states. And I give a break. So what is going to happen? The mind will start living either in the fourth and the fifth sub subjective states. And that will help me in going deeper into the meditation. Are you getting it? I'll make the things very clear. There is nothing mysticism, cult, dogma, religion. Uh, there is no guru who says I will bless you and everything will happen. No, you have to do everything. I'm simply a pointer. <laughs> I do nothing. I just speak. So I'm very happy that I just speak. I don't own any responsibility. On the other side, I respond, I'm 100% responsible that I'm teaching from the teachings of those great masters. The teacher is bound to teach in this tradition. Similarly, it's the same thing. Physics teacher is bound by the knowledge of the physics. 
he should not start teaching the biology in the uh, in a physics class so simple so understand so what is the takeaway from uh, today's understanding is that I am aware 24 by 7 now I can realize that mind is moving in the first three subjective states may cause the problem in the future so let me give a break hold on mind is holding on to the real nature 24 by 7 and my mind understands that real nature is full of permanent peace and happiness and that takes me to the success in meditation so close your eyes let us start our journey close your eyes so when you close your eyes remember i am what is i am I exist. I exist. Now I am conscious that I exist is the pure consciousness. It is known as Chit. And because this I am is a common element everywhere in the world it is my real nature. That is why I experience the joy from all sides. And that is what my real nature is. Real nature, Satchidananda, it is the absolute existence, consciousness and bliss. So now look at the body. The body is comfortable and steady. We understood the part of the steadiness. Huh? I think in the last uh, uh, talk in the practice. So why the body becomes steady? The mind has started thinking in a right direction. Now looking deep inside the heart in the space. So you are aware of the space one and you are aware of the point in the space. That point in the space is a spark of, you can say the spark of calmness or peace or happiness. Without doing anything, we can experience when, when the mind lives in the fourth and the fifth state. So what I did, I simply changed uh, where the mind was standing and I said, why you are standing there? Come on, stand here, look inside. That easy is the journey, provided the knowledge is clear based on the teachings of the Master. And now the next step is we will continue with the mantra. So that mantra is also a thought. Understand the secret behind it. The mantra is a thought. Thought is a word. The word has a meaning and the meaning has a knowledge. Why I'm saying this? So when the word meaning and the knowledge merge together, you are absorbed into meditation. So that is what we are doing with the meaning and the knowledge. So first liner, first line, we sing mentally and listen it mentally. What you sing, you listen to it. Sarvesham swastir bhavatu Sarvesham swastir bhavatu Sarvesham swastir bhavatu Is your mind raising a problem? No, I cannot chant it the way you are chanting. But that is not the practice. You need to simply chant it. 
singing one in your mind and listening. So in the second stage, we go for singing, listening and meaning. What is the meaning of swastir? Sarvesham, everywhere, everyone, swastir, well-being, bhavatu, should happen. So let there be well-being everywhere. Who is seeing the mind? So mind is not seeing at the periphery, at the circumstance. It is looking deeper inside. So singing, listening and meaning. Sarvesham swastir bhavatu Sarvesham swastir bhavatu You are doing it mentally. Sarvesham swastir bhavatu We will continue this. And within a few weeks, your mind will start singing these lines even when you are in the restroom. And let me know it. Even when you are talking to someone, let me know it. That will be an indication you are going deeper. And now singing, listening, meaning and the knowledge. What exactly is the well-being? Well-being oozes out inner calm, in the peace and the happiness as a means of being carefree. Can we see that? By singing, listening, meaning and the knowledge. You have to see in your mind. Sarvesham Swastir Bhavatu Sarvesham Swastir Bhavatu Sarvesham Swastir Bhavatu It is the thought of an anxiety causes the anxiety in me. So it is the thought of the well-being should also cause the well-being in me. What a big deal. Second line. Singing and listening. Sarvesham Shantir Bhavatu Sarvesham Shantir Bhavatu You see, Sarvesham and Bhavatu is a common word in all the four lines. Sarvesham Shantir Bhavatu Singing, listening and meaning. You are listening to what you are singing. And just check it. Your body naturally becomes steady. <coughs> this is the beauty. We need not to adjust and align and it becomes steady on its own. You may start feeling this sensation there. The meaning of Shanti is peace. So singing, listening and meaning. Sarvesham Shantir Bhavatu Sarvesham Shantir Bhavatu Sarvesham Shantir Bhavatu Singing, listening, meaning and the knowledge. That peace is of the nature of infinite space. It is a good space. So when the mind is able to perceive the good space amid all the situations in daily activities, including the meditation practice, this peace will take over not only us, but also every. We, we will see the peace in everyone. In, despite the other person is angry, you see the peace there. You see what is going to happen in your life then? Sarvesham Shantir Bhavatu Sarvesham Shantir Bhavatu Sarvesham Shantir Bhavatu 
third line. You see, again understand one more point here, why we are doing the mantra chanting in three stages. The moment I say, I know Lara, behind that sentence, behind that speaking that I know Lara, other information pops up in my mind behind it. Lara is a wonderful teacher. She is located there, you know, and rest of the stuff. Do you see that the same thing should happen with the mantra? This mantra should not have a dry knowledge. No, no, I know. You told me. Not I told you. Your mind must tell you. Third line, singing and listening. Sarvesham purnam bhavatu. Sarvesham purnam bhavatu. Sarvesham purnam bhavatu. Just pick up which state of the mind I am using and asking you to recite out of the five states. See, see, you have to maintain awareness. You have to be your own teacher. And singing, listening, and meaning. Meaning is completeness. When I'm complete in all respects in my life, will there be a craving? Will the mind be wandering? Look at it. Sarvesham Purnam Bhavatu Sarvesham Purnam Bhavatu Sarvesham Purnam Bhavatu In, From that point of completeness, you come out and you do all your work in your daily life. Will there be, a, there be a trace of anxiety, reaction, duality, conflict in your life? Ask yourself. But the meaning and the knowledge is now along with singing and listening. Sarvesham Purnam Bhavatu So from that standpoint of being complete at the center of my existence, I am doing my work. You will stop running, my friend. Running causes too much of anxiety in the body which we do not notice. And then it will take a toll on your life. Sarvesham Purnam Bhavatu Sarvesham Purnam Bhavatu from that center of completeness, you go for an interview, you talk to someone, you talk to honey. Which standpoint of uh, mind we talk? I love you, but you don't love me. I love you, but you hate me. I pay you every time, but still, huh? you criticize me. See the, see the point of mind. Fourth, fourth line, singing and listening. Sarvesham Mangalam Bhavatu Sarvesham Mangalam Bhavatu Sarvesham Mangalam Bhavatu I appreciate you all. Second line with the meaning, singing, listening and meaning. What is the meaning of the Sarvesham Mangalam Bhavatu? Let there be a speciousness everywhere. My master used to say, if I, my center of the mind is auspiciousness, I will only see the auspiciousness outside. If the, my center of my mind is craziness, I will always see the craziness in others. Sarvesham Mangalam Bhavatu Sarvesham Mangalam Bhavatu 
When Stephen was talking, she, he was saying that he did it a couple of times. That is the passion we need in the beginning, and after that it will start happening naturally. Third, singing, listening, meaning, and knowledge. Sarvesham mangalam bhavatu. Sarvesham mangalam bhavatu. Sarvesham mangalam bhavatu. Sarvesham. Now sing, listen, mean it, and knowledge of three times mentally. Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Om Shanti 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 Without giving a break to the mind, start breathing little deep, silent and slow. Let your rhythm of the breath be equal and uniform. We will understand in future sessions you know, we always talk of this Ashtanga Yoga, Ashtanga Yoga, Ashtanga Yoga. According to the teachings of our great masters, we will understand. And once you understand and you do the practice, the life will never be the same. So you're breathing deep, silent and slow. That is your car. The mind is the driver. And the, high, the space inside is the highway. So what you are doing, move the mind inside the right arm. When you inhale from the shoulder to the fingertips. And when you exhale, move the mind from the fingertips to the shoulder. I'm keeping that step intact in this practice also. Because in a later, in future... I will add something and your mind will be stuck with the wonder. Wow, such a simple. So wait for it. Continue. We'll also understand clearly Ashtanga Yoga. Leave that Yama and Niyama that is the external. Asana is external. When you make the as body steady, it directly influences the mind and it gives you a clue that how to make the mind steady. It's a very deeper aspect. When you do the pranayama, it helps the mind to move into meditation from the false to the truth, from the three states to the last two states. What about Pratyahara? Takes you to the higher meditative states. That's how they are connected from outside to inside. Simply saying, you know, Ashtanga Yoga doesn't make any sense. So now you move the mind inside the left arm in the same way. I believe you understand it this step clearly. You see that I introduced this step a couple of weeks ago, we continue with it and we add something into it. So the mind is driver, the breath is car, moving in the highway. What is the highway? The space inside, my friend. Move the mind inside, the right leg from the right side, the waist to the toes. And from the toes to the right side of the waist. 
The mind of a seeker listens to the teacher not only patiently but with awareness and attention. And what I speak, I speak from the knowledge already available, given to us, passed on to us by the teachers, great masters who discovered it. So what happens? That mind of a seeker absorbs. But if you are teaching on your own without any reference of teachings of these masters, then your mind lives in the first three states. Move the mind inside the left leg. Inside the left leg. Now inside the spine, from the crown of the head to the tailbone, the mind moves with the breath going in and mind moves out, um, rises from the tailbone to the crown of the head, breathing out. So when you are doing a regular practice, after understanding uh, the topic that we discussed today, you know, they both will merge together in your mind. It leads to an awakening to the knowledge and the ultimate knowledge, the real self. The real self is my true nature, is the result of meditation, my friends. Now leave this deep silence, slow breathing. Now you see that, you know, in the beginning we used to do being comfortable, being carefree, being casual. You are already there. That's why I need not to talk about this. But just a reminder. See that the knowledge practice can take you to being comfortable, carefree and casual. So now look at the head and the neck. Become aware of the head and the neck. The space all around. Shape of the head and the neck. You are simply becoming aware. Everything is there. I'm not asking you to do anything. And then. Sensation. And discover the stillness in the body, the stillness in the head and the neck. Stillness in the head and the neck. Not the stillness of the head and the neck. The stillness of the head and the neck is the can never happen. Now the right arm, aware of the right arm. Yes, the space, the cylindrical space is covering the right arm. Visualize that. And from the space outside, the mind moves on the shape of the right arm. Do you see that the mind changed the direction from outside to inside? Do you remember which of the states it will take over? And then sensation in the right arm 
and experience the stillness in the better. You see, we are not doing anything. I'm just as a pointer. Now, have you heard about real estate? As in, they show you, they they pictureize. They give you a vision so that you should buy it. So here you should not buy it, you should realize it. Look at the left arm, the cylindrical space all around. And from the space you move to the shape of the left arm. What you are doing is simply looking and aware. The moment you are aware of the shape, it is bound to give you a deeper sensation. That is how the mind works. And inside this sensation, we experience what? The sense of stillness. Look at the ribcage. Cylindrical space or the spherical space, whatever you say, all around the rib case in the front and the back. From the space, you see that? What you are doing, I just explained you. That's a very subtle and a very deeper aspect. Asana to dharana, the sixth step. The, the so shape and then sensation and experience the stillness. Belly, you are aware of the belly in the front and lower spine in the back. So cover that with the cylindrical. It is already there. You are aware of the space. As if a bag of a space is covering this portion. And from the space you move to the shape. From the shape you move to the sensation. From the sensation you move inside and experience it is a stillness in the body. That stillness, my friends, coming from our true nature, real self. Yeah, it gives you a glimpse of the real self. So right leg Cylindrical space all around the right leg. From the space, move to the shape of the right leg. Shape to sensation, a conscious experience. Now this sensation may be of different types. Different types, yes. It may be tingling, it may be numbness, it may be freezing, it may be heaviness, it may be lightness, it may be hot and cold. lot of things appear, including the vision, or simply the calmness and the quietness. Left leg, the space all around. Shape. Sensation, stillness, the entire body. In a way, you see that we are doing nothing in the practice. And still, whatever we are doing, the mind is going deeper and deeper. The entire body, cylindrical space, shape. sensation, stillness in the body. And can I hold on to the stillness? I don't control. I keep looking and experiencing and aware of that stillness. From there, I move the mind casually from the crown of the head to the belly button 
dropping and singing Om, no use of the breath. And from the belly button to the crown of the head. So in today's meditation, we go behind the karma action. Belly button is the center of action. Continue. Now do nothing, remain as you are in the state of doing nothing. So mind is still holding on naturally to that stillness. If it holds on to the stillness, you discover the calmness within, you discover the quietness within, and then from the quietness you discover the peace. From the peace, we go to silence. From the silence, we go to nothingness. So the journey is like this in one tradition. We can say in Patanjali. Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Om Shanti. Shanti, Shanti. I would say what a beautiful state you all are in. Bring your right hand. Bring your mind on the right hand, your mind on the left hand. Lift your both the palms, place it on your eyes. 
opened the eyes inside. When you open the eyes inside after the meditation, we have two things to go, sharing your experiences and question. Bring the hands down. How are you, Lara? I am good. It was interesting. I had I had to get something done really quickly, and so I got it done, and it was like right before you started the meditation, so I was able to be here and be totally in, and I just dropped in. Um, can I ask a quick question about the mantra? Can you, is it, do you do, do you ever do the mantra all the way through, or is it just in the broken parts? Like, does it make sense? Sarvesham swastir bhavatu, not broken in one line. No, no, but like the four lines together. Yeah, four lines, mm -hmm. we can do any, we can pick up any. Okay, I'm but, just curious if you do like the four lines together. At but if the time. mind is crazy behind and that crazy mind is thinking, let me do only one, it will not only work. Okay. It will not okay. work because it is the Got crazy it. mind that has decided to do it. Okay. <laughs> so that we need to understand. <laughs> How are you, Stephen? Okay. <clears throat> uh, I'm, I'm good. Um, very peaceful, very quiet. Um, <clears throat> the, the, the main experience through this was um, I had a, a delayed sensation during every part. So as we focused on the right arm, I felt nothing. But when we went to the left arm is when I felt the sensation in the right arm. So it was almost trying to distract me back to the previous piece and that continued through mm -hmm. each of the steps mm -hmm. and through the cylindrical um, space around each arm. So that was the whole meditation was like, and I kept asking myself, why do I keep going back to the previous part? But then just let that go. And I actually yeah. believe when I did let it go, I actually envisioned a door closing and I was present in the remainder of the meditation with no other thoughts. No other thoughts. That's so beautiful. And yes, the mind should continue to follow rather than going back. So sometimes we do not know the past impressions that is causing this. <clears throat> ah, because of the first three states of the mind. But no worries. When we continue the journey, we discover it will happen. How are you, Sam? I'm good. Um... I think at about halfway through the meditation, I would say I probably started noticing, um, I guess I could explain it as a timelessness of the meditation, where it was almost like you dropped me in outer space, there was nothing around me, and I was just hanging out. And I, was, I wasn't thinking about anything. I, was, I knew I was, you know, aware, but... I wasn't really listening to you. I was just kind of beautiful sitting there, um, and my body wasn't really in existence. Um, and then I guess the um, thing I was thinking about towards the beginning, which the lesson helped with, was that um, I think you mentioned this a few weeks ago. Just the concept that you know our our mind is kind of like a um, a friend who's emotionally abusive because it tells us things that are wrong all the time and then we still listen to it as if it, it knows everything. So it lies to us, it tells us the truth, it does all this stuff, um, but we still, Hang you know, on, when we yes. come out of our meditative state, we're still like listening to it. So I guess that was the lesson I was thinking about. That's a beautiful way. The first thing that you are hanging out in a space. <clears throat> So when you are hanging out with someone, think of this. I have to hang out in the space, with the space only. And the more and more you do it, the mind will remain quiet. 
mind will remain calm and you transition from the first three states of the mind to the fourth or the fifth. Yes, the last time where I talked, the mind is the best friend when it is hanging out with the fourth and the fifth state that we discussed. And the mind becomes an enemy when it is hanging out with the first three states. So listen to it, and that's really good. How are you, David and Jerry? And then we'll take up Sergi and Sangeeta, yes. Uh, very, very peaceful uh, experience. It was very quiet, um, very enjoyable, um, very deep. The uh, one sensation I did have, though, is doing the cylindrical um, focus on the limbs. Um, I felt my body temperature drop, and right now I feel kind of chilly, which was interesting. But it was a very, very good meditation. Very good meditation. That's good. Very deeper. How are you, Jerry? I'm good, sir. I um, It was also good, um, focused. I noticed uh, my experience at the end uh, was different when we were oming crown to, to belly belly to crown I was with the ohm for a long time but then I lost the ohm and chitta came in and hmm. all I and chitta was just with me then till the end till you did the ohm shanti yeah so that was different I'm not sure why chitta came back from the beginning of the practice but yeah that is what happens the mind gets absorbed leaving even the ohm and that absorption <laughs> in the field of awareness definitely is a good meditation. So how are you, Sergi? Uh, it was quiet or deep. Uh, some thoughts are coming. I can catch them, let go. Good. And relax in. It's, it's like somewhere in the middle of like being aware and almost go to sleep then became uh, back to being over and like just flow like like floating in that state. Beautiful. That's quite deeper. We'll understand in the following uh, sutras that uh, the Patanjali says that sleep is one of the five objective states of the mind. So uh, as we progress into this journey, we'll understand how to take over even the sleep during the practice of meditation. Beautiful. How are you, Sangeeta? Sir, uh, peaceful. Uh, sir, uh, sleep sensation. Sir, 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 uh, she felt a lot of beautiful sensation over the crown of the head. Indication of the mind is rising up. So understand the mind lives in five subjective states. I believe when I stress that mind lives in five subjective states. That is natural to the mind. It came by default since our birth. But the mind continues to live in the first three subjective states causes most of the problem. So during the practice, we have to take this mind. Our goal is to minimize, minimize the duration of the first three subjective states and maximize the duration of the last two subjective states. And that will take you to the deeper state of meditation. <clears throat> right that is all for today we will meet again thank you be in peace and keep smiling namaste namaste thank you can I ask a question yes can I ask a quick question yeah my question is is actually dreaming about future is good or bad when I'm planning that I would like to go somewhere or do somewhere in details, like I'm going for a walk and I'm planning in details what I'm going to do. So my mind 
is not here now, it's somewhere in the future, in my plans. Is that state a good or bad? Do this dreaming when you are sitting at home. When you are walking, then pay attention to the walking. So dreaming about the future, definitely it is not a bad thing when you are doing it consciously. <clears throat> so either you dream about your future, but you should not be attached, or you dream about that I'm totally absorbed into meditation, I am not the body, the mind, and the breath, no thought is there in a place, that will help your mind to create such impression and that is going to help you in meditation. So you, you have opened a Pandora box of the journey of this meditation. So in that way it is good. So when you are walking or performing a particular action, pay attention to that. Otherwise what will happen? You are working uh, in your office and the mind will dream. Mind will get the habit. So just have a planning about the future, close your eyes and then dream while your body is steady. That will help you to achieve better rather than entering into a conflict. Thank you. Thank you. That is all for today. <laughs> Thank you.